Well, hello and welcome to this English lesson where I'm going to help you learn how to describe places in English. I have a number of English words that I'm going to teach you. I try to find the words that aren't at well, let me let me put it this way. I try to find the words that are very common in English for describing things like places but that I think maybe you haven't heard before because I know as you learn English, you probably learn the most common words to describe places and people and things and these are kind of like the next level of words for you. Hopefully, you'll learn some new ones today uh, and hopefully, you'll enjoy this English lesson where I'm going to help you learn how to describe places. Before we get started, I do want to say a few things. One, thank you so much for all of you who are subscribers. As you know, last week, I crossed the 700,000 subscriber mark. I'm still a little bit in shock about that. I find it hard to believe that that many people clicked that red button at some point in their lives but thank you. It's awesome. I am humbled and I appreciate all of you uh, because you are doing something that can be quite challenging in life. I do wanna say hi to Norma and Julia Olis. I see SEO Wu in the chat. Mode Eggs is here. Rod, the Brazilian English teacher. Key Park, Lolly Lolly. I know Brent from American English with this guy is here as well. Uh, scrolling back, I see Eugene from Etobicoke. Mode Eggs. At this point, I start saying names twice. Anuat is here as well. Judith, of course, is here. Gertrudis is here. Uh, and I should stop saying hi because there's a huge list. Huraki is here. Uh, Lena does English is here as well. Very cool. And then thanks to Dave for being here. Todd will be in and out today. Um, you'll probably see him in about five, ten minutes. Uh, but Dave will be here for the duration to keep the chat civil. That would be the word we would use in English. Dave and Todd keep the chat civil. Um, I expect the chat to be a kind, friendly place where people have English conversations with each other, enjoy the lesson, etc., etc. Remember, if you do have a question during this English lesson, use the link that will be placed in the chat. Don't ask the question directly in the chat. The chat goes by too quickly. Use the link to ask your question. Um, let me see here. Um, oh, hey, thanks on the, thanks for the super chat there, Brent from American English with this guy. That is awesome of you. Thank you very much for the support and thank you for being around and helping out in the chat during some of my live streams. Hey, one last thing before we get started. There is no live lesson tomorrow. If you remember, I do three Saturday live English lessons and then I take a week off. That's the routine that I've set for myself. So, there will be no live lesson tomorrow but I'm pretty sure there will be GeoGuessr on Sunday night on my other channel. At this point, I think I've talked too much. Let's get this lesson started. So, once again, welcome to this English lesson where I'm going to help you learn words to describe places. So, cozy is in my opinion, a very uh, Canadian word. It's a very much in my mind associated with a place that's warm. That's warm when it's cold outside but it doesn't have to mean this but my feeling of cozy would be to have a cup of hot tea and to be sitting in a room that has a fireplace. That would be the Canadian interpretation of what a cozy place is but cozy can be almost anything. 
some students when they go to university have a small dorm room but they try to make it cozy uh by putting in comfortable furniture and by decorating it in a way that makes it warm and inviting. So, cozy is simply any place that makes you feel relaxed and comfortable. Um any any of you that read books, the place where you go to read a book in your house is probably a very cozy place. Um but definitely for people who live uh in a country where there's winter, if they think of the word cozy, if they think of a cozy place, they're probably thinking of a warm place where they can go after being outside in the cold weather. Um so, we use some adjectives to describe people and we also use them to describe places. So, you can say that a place is friendly. This is kind of weird when I was teaching English a long time ago to a friend of mine from France. She didn't understand why we would say that a place is friendly. But if you go to a store and if the people there are friendly, you could also say that the store is friendly. So, if you look here, this lady is selling flowers. That's not Jen by the way. That's not Jen in the picture. It's a different person selling flowers. But this looks like a very friendly place. It looks like a very friendly place to go and ask about flowers and buy flowers. So, we can use the word friendly to describe a place as well. Um I like to buy things from friendly places. Uh in fact, the uh friendlier a place is, the more likely I am to be a regular customer. Omi. So, this there's two actual meanings to this word and two spellings. Sorry, there's one meaning to this word. There's another spelling uh to talk about a person but this is a word when we say homey. We mean to make something comfortable to make a place like home, okay? So, if you move into a new apartment and that apartment is empty, it's not homey. One of the first things people do when they move into a new place is they try to make it their own. They try to make it as homey as possible. They will move in their furniture. They will hang things on the wall, a painting maybe that they like and they will try to create a really homey space for themselves. So, homey for me when I think about oh, it's just a really homey space or a homey place. I think of a comfortable couch. I think of maybe pillows that I like. Maybe some uh posters or paintings on the wall that I like. That would make me feel at home. And when you feel at home, then you would describe a place as being very homey. Which is kind of the opposite of dingy. A place that is well, okay, not really the opposite. A dingy place is very much a place that is messy. A dingy place will smell. A dingy place will have stuff, garbage on the floor. A dingy place needs to be cleaned up. In a dingy apartment or a dingy house, um the wallpaper might be coming off the walls like in this picture and it's just a place that's um not homey at all. It's definitely a place that is messy, a place that probably smells um and a place that is run down. That's another way to describe it. So, sometimes people will see an uh, an apartment they can rent on the internet and then when they go to look at it, the pictures on the internet looked really homey and cozy and when they get there, it's actually quite dingy. It maybe doesn't have very much natural light. 
So it's kind of dark and smelly and dingy. Uh let's see here. Uh and then we also use some of the same words to describe um places as people as well. I think I mentioned that already. You can say that a place is beautiful. You can say that a place is gorgeous. So, you'll see in this picture, this is just a very beautiful part of this city. So, the same way you might describe a woman as being beautiful, you can also describe a place as being beautiful. In the same way as you might say maybe your favorite actress you think is gorgeous, you can also describe a city or a place that you are looking at as gorgeous. So, just very, very pleasing and attractive and uh pleasing to the eye is what you would say. So, uh, a lot of times when I make videos on my farm, people will say that the landscape behind me is beautiful or that there was a gorgeous view of the farm when I made that lesson. So, using some of the same adjectives that we would use to describe people, we can also describe places. And last week, we did a lesson on dangerous things um and so, places can also be dangerous. I hope that I I don't know where this is. This is just a picture I found on the internet. So, I don't know if this is a dangerous place. Hopefully, you don't live there. (laughs) Uh hopefully, one of you watching doesn't say, hey, that's my house and it's not dangerous. I took this picture because it's dark and it's um there's no people around. So, when you go to large cities, there are sometimes places in those large cities where at night, it's very dark Um there aren't very many people around and it can be very dangerous. So, you could say, oh, we went on a on a vacation and we were in a certain city. I don't wanna say a name and at night, we went out and we got lost and we ended up in a dangerous part of the city and someone stole my wallet. That could happen. That could happen to you in Toronto. I know sometimes people think Canada is this beautiful, amazing place with no crime and that's simply not true. There are dangerous places in Canada as well. So, um but yes, uh things can be dangerous usually at night in some parts of some cities. Vast. So, let me make this a little bit bigger. Um so, when you describe a place as being vast, it's just really, really big. It means that you have trouble seeing all of it without turning your head. So, you you look this way and the place is so vast, you have to kind of turn your head to take it all in in order to see it all. I believe this is the Grand Canyon. I'm checking my notes here. It is a place that is very, very vast. You can't just look straight ahead and see everything. You have to look all around you because it's so big and wide and vast would be the word we would use. Um let me make my slide a little smaller. I have a few slides that are a little more on the calm side. So, when you describe a place as tranquil, it means that it's quiet, it's enjoyable. If you think about a busy office building where you work, it's not tranquil. (laughs) It's probably loud and there's phones ringing and everyone is working hard. But if you think of a really nice island, maybe in the Caribbean or the Caribbean, there's two ways to say it, uh or in the Mediterranean, maybe there's a really quiet place where you can go for a vacation. 
um maybe in the southern part of your country uh and uh maybe at on the ocean and we would describe that place as tranquil. We might also say it's serene although when we use the word serene we're usually talking about a place where it's very calm um like if you describe a lake as serene there's not very many waves on the lake. If you describe um a place where you are as serene it's usually quiet but also lacks motion okay. Um but serene and tranquil can be used somewhat interchangeably. And then we of course have the word peaceful just the standard word for describing a place that is calm that is soothing that makes you feel at peace. So, if you were to go and sit by water generally when I go to the lake or down to the river I find those places to be very peaceful. They are places where my I just relax when I'm there because it's not necessarily quiet but I hear nature and I hear water and I don't hear traffic. I don't hear people. I don't hear kids fighting or yelling at each other which sometimes happens (laughs) in some people's houses maybe in mine once in a while as well. Uh let's see here. Let's finish with this and then we'll jump into some questions. So, open. When a place is open it means that there's no buildings. It means that there's uh mostly nature or farmland. So, when you go out into the country you could describe it as being very open. Um you could say if you lived in the province of Saskatchewan in Canada it's very open. When you look in every direction there are no mountains. There are no skyscrapers. There are no buildings. It's just very flat and very open. So, um the open plains we would call it. In the midwest of the United States and in the midwest of Canada it's very very open. Hey, let's jump over to some questions. Let me see here. I think I went a little long before jumping to the questions. Let me make sure there are some. Let me do a little audio check here for a sec. Looks like everything's working great and let's get to the first question. The first question here is from Yaroslav. Hi, teacher Bob. Hope you have a great Friday. I wanna ask how to describe places that you have a good memory related with. Take care. So, we have the word memorable and I'll talk about that a little bit later but you could say that you had a memorable trip okay? We went to Italy and it was memorable. Um when we visited Rome, the Rome is very memorable. I've never been to Rome but that would be a nice place to go someday. Or maybe you've traveled to let's see here. Maybe you've gone to Shanghai and you're like it's it was just so memorable to see such an amazing city. So, memorable is the best way Yaroslav to talk about a place where you have good memories. I see in the chat Adam typing the word Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan is one of the provinces in Canada and I just mentioned it. It's very hard to spell and it's kind of hard to say but um I live in Ontario. If you go to the west, you go to the next province is Manitoba and then Saskatchewan. Uh let's see here. Um I think I might do that word mode eggs secluded. I think that is coming up in a bit. Yes. It's definitely in there. So, I'll talk about that a bit more when I get there. Let's get to the next question. Um so, Yo-Yo from Taiwan. Hi, teacher Bob. What place would you like to visit? Little switch there and why? Thank you 
for for your answer. Little little fix there too. So, I've mentioned this a lot. The people from France usually cheer when I say I'd really like to visit France. I'd like to visit France because I would like to connect the language that I learned with the place where that language is from. So, if I was to visit France, I would probably use words like beautiful. I would probably say that the city of Paris is gorgeous. I saw a little bit of it from the airport um and I would try to avoid going to any dangerous places if I took a trip to any country. Um let's see here. Next question is from Henry. Hi, teacher Bob. What places have you been to that have pomp and grandeur? Thank you for sharing. So, I've been to Washington DC. So, pomp and grandeur are usually associated with um you know capital cities where people are celebrating their nation and I was actually in Washington DC many many years ago on the 4th of July and that was definitely there was a lot of pomp and grandeur and celebration on that trip. By the way, Washington DC is a beautiful place to visit. Um especially if you go I was also there once when the cherry trees were blossoming. So, in Washington DC, the country of Japan I think gave cherry trees to Washington DC. Maybe Brent the American can check that for me and I was there when they were blossoming and it was beautiful. Um let's see here. Fox says, what is the name of a place with many delicious herbs or plants? For example, sorrel, wild onions, apples and nuts. Yeah, I don't know an exact name for that place but if you say that a place is bountiful, it means it has a lot of things growing there and a lot of wild animals. Um when we grow our flowers, it's just very bountiful. Our fields are bountiful. That means they produce a lot. Um so, I would say that but also it reminds me of some people actually do go out into the forest to look for food and we call it sometimes we call it scavenging. Um and there's a new a newer word for it that I can't think of right now. Uh let's see here. Um Oh, here's a good question. So, Tai Hao says, hi, Bob. Today, I finally have a question. How do you describe Niagara Falls? Have a probably good day is the next word uh, or the next two words. Um I'm usually awestruck when I go to Niagara Falls. I would describe it as amazing. I would describe it as awesome. I would describe it as overwhelming. Like, it's a little hard to believe that much water goes over the falls every second um and it's just um let me see some of my other words. I would say it's breathtaking. That would be that would be probably the best word to use it. You can see pictures of Niagara Falls. You can watch my video where I go to Niagara Falls but it doesn't do it justice and what that means is that you can see it in pictures and in video but you really need to go there to experience it because when you see it in person Um it's just it's just way 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 cooler. It's just awesome. Hey, I do wanna say hi to the 416 people watching. Hi. If you're new here, don't forget to click that red subscribe button uh and thanks for hanging out and learning a little bit of English. I'm gonna do a couple more questions here and we'll get back to the lesson. Natalia says, hello everybody. How would you describe in a positive way a park, a forest with many singing birds? My examples, noisy, melodic, busy, or market. I would say noisy and busy sound negative. So, if I say I went to the park and it was noisy, 
I would be making a negative comment about the park. If I went to the park and said, oh, the sounds of nature were melodic, that would be positive. If I said it was busy, that would be a little bit negative as well. But how would I describe a park with many singing birds? I would probably just say um I don't wanna use any too many of the words that are coming up but I might say that it is magical. You might use that word. The sound of the birds and the beautiful trees. It was just very magical. Um but you could also use peaceful as well. Even though there are sounds, they are the kinds of sounds that make you um relaxed a little bit. Uh let's see here. From Dimitri, hello mesmerizing Mr. Bob. Thanks Dimitri. Nice to see you. My question is, does a convenient place and a comfortable place mean the same? Thanks and have a good weekend. No. So, if something is convenient, it means it's close to you. It might mean, let me think of a good example. If in my, if someone opened a pizza uh shop across the street from me, which would be a bad idea because I live in the middle of nowhere. But if someone opened a pizza shop, that would be very convenient for me because it's right there. I don't have to drive very far to get the pizza. Um that would be great. If any of you want to move to Canada and open a pizza restaurant uh right across the road from me, I will buy two pizzas every week from you. <laughs> Guaranteed. It would be very convenient for me. Um and then comfortable just means relaxing. Um so, a couch is comfortable. If you go somewhere where life is very easy, we would say that's very comfortable as well. Um but comfortable has a lot more to do with how you feel and convenient has a lot more to do with making your life easier. So, slightly different meanings there. Okay. So, we talked about open. The opposite of open would be claustrophobic. This word is really hard to say but if you describe a place as being claustrophobic, it means that the walls are really close together and the spaces between buildings might be very narrow. You can see this alleyway is very narrow and it's not very straight and it's a little bit dark. This would be a very claustrophobic place to be. You can also say that you are claustrophobic. If a person is claustrophobic, it means they don't like being in small spaces. I don't think I would be a very good person to be on a submarine. If I was in the Navy and they said, do you wanna go on a submarine? I would say, no, I'm really claustrophobic. I don't like being in really small places. Um it just makes me um not scared. I'm just uncomfortable but you can describe a place as being claustrophobic. This alleyway, this is a claustrophobic alleyway. It's very, very claustrophobic. Um and let me just check something here. Yeah, so claustrophobia is a fear of small places. So, um definitely you can feel claustrophobic. You can even feel claustrophobic in a crowd by the way if there's too many people around you. So, this happens in almost every country. There are places that are really cool to visit and eventually those places can become very touristy. If you go to Niagara Falls, it's very touristy at certain parts of the year. There are a lot of stores that specialize in selling things to tourists. There's a lot of places where things are very expensive because they know tourists have lots of money. In fact, here's a funny story. 
if you go to um a restaurant in Hamilton which is a city close to me, it will probably cost you about twenty dollars for a meal. If you go to the same restaurant in Niagara Falls, it will probably cost you about about twenty seven dollars for the same meal because Niagara Falls is very touristy. Okay? There's lots of lights at night. There's lots of crowds of people walking around. There's a lot of souvenir shops where people sell t-shirts and little Canadian flags. So, it's very very touristy. Um I think that's the only place close to me that is touristy. Toronto actually isn't very touristy. Um there's not really any tourist attractions in Toronto though. Like the whole city is a tourist attraction whereas the actual Niagara Falls is the tourist attraction. Uh let me see here. Chaotic. If you describe a place as being chaotic, there's prop in my mind when I think about chaotic, I think about a city with lots of traffic in the downtown. If you go to downtown Toronto, it can be very chaotic. There's taxis, there's Ubers, there's streetcars, there's the metro, um there's the go train, there's people honking, there's crowds of people waiting to cross the street. It's very very busy and it can be very very chaotic. So, when something is chaotic, it lacks order. So, when something is very organized, um it's very orderly but when it's not, it can be chaotic. So, um uh so that city can definitely be described as chaotic. Expensive. I think this is Monaco. You can go to places that are expensive. As I mentioned earlier, Niagara Falls is actually kind of expensive compared to the rest of Canada. Um when you go to Niagara Falls, uh you tend to pay more for certain things. Even gas is a little more expensive for your car in Niagara Falls. And I'm pretty sure most major cities have an area where wealthy people like to go. So, they have nicer restaurants and nicer stores and shops and it's very very expensive. And of course, there's also places that are inexpensive. So, if a place is inexpensive, it means it costs less money. Camping is usually inexpensive although camping has become a little more expensive each year here in Canada because they want to use the money to protect our parks, okay? So, camping is inexpensive compared to going to Monaco (laughs) but camping can be still a little bit expensive but you can certainly describe a trip to a certain place as being inexpensive. Like, you could say, oh, we went to London and it was very inexpensive. It wasn't very expensive at all. It was actually quite cheap. I think that right now, if you were to travel, if you were allowed to, it's very inexpensive. Plane tickets right now in Canada are very very cheap um because most places would love tourists to start visiting although it's hard to get back into Canada without quarantining right now. You could describe a place as being boring. So, this street is probably usually bustling with people. This place is probably usually a lot of fun and exciting but you can see the little pylons and the gates there because this street is closed. There are many places in the world right now where if you visited, they are very boring, okay? It's very boring to go to downtown Toronto right now because Toronto's in lockdown and there's nothing to do. So, it's very boring. It's actually 
somewhat boring to go to Niagara Falls. The water is still going <laughs> over the falls um but the rest of the city is closed. All of the stores and shops are closed. So, it's rather boring. So, there are many places right now that are a little bit boring in the world. Um charming. When you describe a place as charming, it usually has some history to it. If you go to Quebec City, which is in the province of Quebec, it's one of our older cities and it has really old buildings in the downtown area. Um so, if you go to an old city in North America or an older city in Europe, you'll see places that are very charming. Um if you go to an older city in any country, you will find an area areas where you just feel a sense of history when you are there and you see older things and it's just very cute and very charming. So, I used the word bustling once already. Um when you go to a large city, especially if you're in the area where people need to get on the subway or the metro, especially if it's after work, it might be bustling. When it's bustling, uh when a place is bustling, there's lots of people and there's lots of you can hear people talking and you can hear people um moving around and walking and everyone's trying to get somewhere. When you go to a sports game, when the game is over, I would describe the streets outside the arena or the stadium as being um the streets are bustling with people. Okay? So, it's just a lot of people all kind of moving in one direction. And you could also use the word crowded, okay? Um some people when they travel, they find some places to be crowded. In fact, our school uh went on a trip a number of years ago to Europe and they visited a number of European cities and they went during a time when it was very busy. And so, they found everything to be very crowded. Restaurants were crowded. Cities were crowded. When they went to tourist attractions, they had to wait in line because it was so crowded. Um the Eiffel Tower when they went up was crowded. There were so many people who were there. Uh and then we have the word cosmopolitan. When you describe a place as being cosmopolitan, what you usually mean is that many people from many different countries who speak many different languages are all living in the same area. The best example I can give is this. The Canadian city of Montreal is very cosmopolitan. It has English speaking people and French speaking people but it also has a lot of people from um, from many other countries in the world and so, you will have many different restaurants, many different types of food in Montreal. You will have many different um you'll hear people speaking different languages. You'll um it's just a it's probably the city in Canada that has the highest number of people from different parts of the world all living and working together. So, we would say it's very cosmopolitan. If you went to Montreal and you were craving food from your home country, you would probably be able to find a restaurant there that makes it and you would find someone who was originally from your country who owns that restaurant. It's a very cosmopolitan city. So, picturesque, when you describe a place as being picturesque, this one's easy to remember because it simply means a place where you just wanna take a picture of it or it looks like a beautiful picture. When I look at the river, this morning I looked out the window at the river on my farm and it was very picturesque. The water was very calm. 
the trees all have leaves on them now and it's just a beautiful thing to see. It's very picturesque. It's it means it's worthy of having a picture taken or it can mean it just looks like a picture. Like it looks like nature can look like a piece of art sometimes. And then who we have run down which I mentioned earlier when I talked about dingy. When a place is run down it means that things are starting to fall apart. So, sometimes people will go on a trip and they'll say, oh, the trip was lovely but we went to a restaurant and it was kind of run down. Like, the tables were falling apart and you know, you can go to places where things need to be fixed and no one is fixing them, okay? So, you can go to places that are run down and even parts of buildings can be run down. I have a friend that lives in an apartment building in Toronto and it's a very nice apartment building but the basement is very run down where they do their laundry and park their cars. So, it needs to be fixed. Hey, let's make a little switch here for a sec. I'm gonna go to my settings here and I'm gonna turn on members only chat for a little bit. Let me get that turned on and then let me just mention for a little bit what I'm doing. So, first of all, Thank you to everyone who is here, all 506 people. This is an English lesson about how to describe places. If you are a member of the channel right now for the next 10 minutes, if you clicked that join button, you can ask questions directly in the chat and I will answer questions from the form that people have submitted. So, if you have a question, uh, just put it in there and I will answer it. So, Devadath says, Hello, teacher Bob. Can you explain the difference between beautiful and gorgeous? So, I would say this. If a woman is very attractive or if a place is very uh attractive or beautiful, we would say beautiful but in my opinion, I would have to look this up. Gorgeous is like one level up. So, if I was to say um Toronto is a beautiful city, that's that's me saying that I like Toronto. But if I said Toronto is a gorgeous city, I think it's a little more emphasis. Like beautiful is beautiful and then gorgeous is more beautiful. But that's just how I would define it, I think. Uh Eugene from Etobicoke in the chat says, I went to Niagara Falls, Kingston, Mississauga last week and took a lot of video about bright spots of each city. Sunrise, moonset, great takes. Oh, great lakes, flowers, bridges to the USA, birds, historical sites. Wow, you were all over Eugene. So, if you guys aren't aware, Eugene was like in Niagara Falls and then he went all the way around Lake Ontario all the way up to Kingston. So, that's pretty cool. Um very cool, Eugene. I'm glad you got out to see some of the beautiful parts of our province. Key Park says, I like Niagara. It's magnificent but a bit touristy. I like Quebec City as well. It's very charming. Yes, those are perfect words to describe those two places. Niagara Falls definitely is a little bit touristy. Um and then Quebec City is very charming. Every the houses are painted really nice. There's older buildings. It's very charming. Modag says to Mark Chutaro official, yes, Bob's voice is as Dan Brown described in one of his novels, chocolate for the ears. And when he says A, it becomes music to my ears. It's all it's all the microphone. The microphone makes me sound really good. That's all it is. Maria C. Hi, Bob. How are you? Is inexpensive a synonym of cheap? Can you say that a person is cheap? Have a nice day. So, cheap can have a negative connotation to it. So, if I say um that something's cheap, it can mean it's not well made. 
If I say a person is cheap, it means they don't want to spend money. If I described a place as being cheap, it means that everything is um you don't need a lot of money to go there but it has a little bit of a negative sense to it. Um inexpensive means affordable. It has a little more of a positive tone. Um like if you go on a if you go on a cheap trip, that might mean it wasn't a great trip. You know, you didn't spend a lot but you didn't really get to do much. If you go on an inexpensive trip, it can mean that you didn't spend a lot but you still had a really good trip. So, there's a slight positivity difference there I think. Lolly Lolly says, bonjour Bob, is shabby a synonym of dingy? Yes. Yeah. If if a place is really shabby um or what was I gonna say? I was gonna say dodgy but that's more like dangerous but yes, shabby and dingy I would say are the same. Sam the Taiwanese says, hello teacher Bob. What is the most impressive place that you have ever been to? How would you describe that place? Well, I went to Kruger Park in South Africa. If any of you ever have a chance to travel to South Africa um and it was vast. It was just endless driving between rest stops where there were just wild animals everywhere. That would probably be uh, the yeah, it was it was cool. Uh so, I use the word cool to describe it but it was vast. Just vast uh just vast open space where there were just wild animals everywhere. Elephants and everything else. Sita. Hello, Mr. Bob. I'm at the job but I'm listening to you. Thanks for your great job. As always, I'll watch on replay later. Thanks, Sita. Gertrudis. Hello, teacher Bob. The place the most picturesque I've ever seen is the Rocky Mountains. They are beautiful, the Rocky Mountains. I have not seen them from the Alberta side. I would love to go to the province of Alberta to see the Rocky Mountains from that side but I have seen them from the other side. Uh Brent says, great question, Maria. Um let's see here. Let me get to the next question. Maria C says, this guy, George Costanza is a cheap person. Yeah, on the show Seinfeld, he's definitely cheap. Uh Brent says, Bob, do you use the term tightwad? Yeah, we will. It's usually used to describe older people that won't spend money. We don't use it usually to describe younger people. Like I would say, like I could say, oh, my father-in-law is a tightwad. He's not actually. He doesn't spend a lot of money but he doesn't. He's not really a tightwad either but when I use the word tightwad, I think of an older person who doesn't want to spend their money. Uh mode eggs. Sorry, I didn't want to go that to go in members only chat but I'm a slow typer. By the way, Dan Brown was describing Robert Langdon by that i.e. another Bob. Yes, there we go. Uh merci, Bob. Brent says, Maria, for sure. He doesn't want to pay for the big salad. Yeah, you know, I need to rewatch Seinfeld at some point. Um and then wish you best at your job. Yeah, I hope things are going well at work there, Sita. Um okay, let me get another question here. Judith says, hi, Bob. How can you include any description of your place in any resume? Plus, I hope you play GeoGuessr soon. Yeah, I'll probably play on Sunday night, Judith. Um yeah, on a resume, you don't usually like you would describe your former work but you wouldn't really describe the place too much other than like if I was to describe on my resume, I would say I taught for this number of years at and then the name of the school and the address but I wouldn't describe much more than that. I might say that I might describe the environment or what I learned there but I wouldn't spend too much time actually talking about the place. Hopefully, I'm answering your question. Sometimes I I don't understand the questions. Um Let's see here. Hi, Bob. How's it going? Rough around the edges. Can I use it for describing places? 
you could say that. You could say that you went to the restaurant district of a certain city and it was a bit rough around the edges. Although, yeah, I think we would use different words. We would probably say a bit dodgy. That's more of a British word. Um, we wouldn't say dangerous but we would say, yeah, rough around the edges might work. Although, I think I would use that more to describe a thing or a process, right? Like, his teaching is a little bit rough around the edges. So, if you're a new teacher and you're your style of teaching isn't perfect. We would say it's rough around the edges. So, uh let's see here. And Tomek, I've been saying the Netherlands instead of Holland. I've been, I made sure, I made a note to myself to remember that. Uh let's see here. Um Mode has the next question. Uh and I'm missing the chat here but I'll go back in a sec. Hi, articulate Mr. Bob. Thanks, Mode. In light of today's lesson, how would you describe your farm? Thank you and congrats again on surpassing 700,000. Felicitations. Merci beaucoup. Um how would I describe my farm? Peaceful, calm. Um it's remote. Like it's far away from other people. It's not I guess you could say secluded. Although secluded usually means like out in the woods somewhere. Um but that's how I would describe it. And just beautiful. I live on a very beautiful piece of property. I love it. Uh let's see here. Um Samuel Chen. Hi, teacher Bob. I hope one day I can visit the new world. Eurasia and Africa seem a bit old. How do you feel living in the new continent? Well, you know that's interesting that you say that because when we talk about old buildings in Canada, we're talking about buildings that are a hundred or two hundred years old. When I watch TV shows um from Britain or other parts of the world, when they talk about an old building, it's usually six or seven hundred years old. So, it is cool living in the new world if you wanna call it that but I do wish that we, I wish I could see older things more often, okay? So, we don't have a lot of really old things in our part of the world. Even if you go to the United States, there as we go as far back as the 1600s or 1700s and not much before that. Um Seinfeld is going to be on Netflix in some months. That would be cool if it was on. Well, maybe that would be bad. I would waste a lot of time watching it. Um Eugene says, I went to the Sun City, Johannesburg and Durban of South Africa. Very cool. Um Brent says, Maria, no way. I bet it won't be in the US. We have a new streaming service called Peacock. It's an NBC thing. The original channel for Seinfeld. Brent and I are probably on the same page of as this. There are too many streaming services now. There's just too many. I can't buy all of them. I have Netflix. Everything should be on Netflix. I don't have time for all of the other streaming services or the money. So, um Mirage says, teacher Bob, please describe the state of being freaked out and paranoid. Well, we would use freaked out and paranoid. Um like, ah, he's really freaked out. He's paranoid that um yeah, I don't know what. I can't think of something that someone would be paranoid about. Rod. Hey, Rod. How's it going? My favorite place in the world is Times Square in New York City. It never gets old although it is a bustling place 24-7. Yes, I have been to Times Square and bustling would be the exact perfect word to describe it. It was super, super busy when I was there. People walking everywhere. Um people playing music. People were busking. So, busking is when you play music or you do card tricks on the street to earn money um or juggle. Some bustlers juggle. Uh let's see here. Would you use rugged to describe a place? Yeah, you could say that. You could say he's out in the um you know, he's climbing the Rocky Mountains and it's very, very rugged out there. And then you could also describe a person as rugged. 
Rugged people usually go to places that are very rugged. Yeah. Uh, Maria C says, um, you sure? I've read it will be in most countries. Yeah, Netflix is funny, Maria. Sometimes uh, things that are on in one country are not on in other countries. It can be a little bit strange. Okay, let me get to members only chat and turn that off. As I'm doing that, I do wanna say thank you to all of my members. You guys are awesome. Thank you for clicking that join button at some point. Uh, when you do that, you get your name in green over there in the chat or maybe the chat's below. You get a little crown and it changes every month. Some people have their six month crown. Thank you so much for doing that. That's awesome. Uh, but let's get back to the lesson here. Let me get back because I think I have quite a few slides to go. I might have to speed up a little bit so we can be done on time. Magical. When people go to Disneyland or Disney World or when people visit castles, sometimes they describe it as magical. It was a magical place meaning that it was like there was magic in the air. You know what magic is like when you uh, pull a rabbit out of a hat, it's a magic trick. Um, So, some people when they go to a place that makes them forget about the real world, they might say that it was magical. By the way, I would love to visit this castle. I believe this is in Germany. That would be a very magical place to visit. You can also use the word enchanting. Very similar to magical. Um you can see here that this road, the trees, it's very enchanting. It almost has like a magic type feeling to it. It feels like this is maybe from um a story where magic is real. So, we would describe it as enchanting. Something that is just really nice to look at. Um and feels magical. I'll use that word again. Um let's see here. Traditional. Some places can be very traditional. So, in some places, in some cities in Canada, there are laws about what people can do when they fix their houses because the city wants them to keep things very traditional. So, there are historical areas or places Where if you replace the door, you have to put a traditional door back on the house. If you replace the windows or the shutters, they have to be traditional. So, there are some places where the government has decided to preserve how things look. Maybe a certain street or neighborhood and then you would say it's very traditional. Secluded. So, this word came up earlier in the lesson. When a place is secluded, it means there's not very many people around. In Canada, there Canada, there are many secluded places that you can go to. You can go to the northern part of any province in Canada and it is you will be secluded. It's very secluded, okay? Northern Ontario is very secluded. You could go so far north that you could find a lake and you would be the only person in that like canoeing on that lake. It's very, very secluded if you go really, really far north. It's also really cold by the way. Um and then we also have remote, okay? So, secluded and remote kind of related. Um if you live in a remote area, it means that it's a long walk to see one of your neighbors, okay? If you live somewhere that's very remote, you probably can't see any other houses, okay? I described earlier my farm is somewhat remote. That's not exactly true. I have a neighbor across the road. I can see my neighbors quite easily. They're about a kilometer each way. But if I lived somewhere where I needed to drive 10 kilometers 
before I would see another person's house, I would say that that area is remote. Very, very remote. Deserted. When a place is deserted, it means there's no people. So, it's kind of the opposite of crowded or the opposite of bustling. So, if you go to a place um right now, many places are deserted. Niagara Falls is deserted right now. There's no people there. You can also use it to describe a building that is just not used anymore. So, it's a deserted building and you can see it has the word desert in it, right? Desert is like a place that's just sand and very, very hot um and no very, very, very few people. So, you can say um like we use this word really lightly as well. Like you could say, were there a lot of people at the store? No, it was deserted and that basically means you were the only customer. Uh and again, if I went to Niagara Falls right now because of the lockdown, it's probably quite deserted right now, I would say. Scenic. So, whenever I think of the word scenic, the places I think of are places in Canada and in the United States that look beautiful in the fall, okay? So, there is a road close to me and it's just very scenic in the fall. When you drive down that road, the leaves are turning color on the trees and around every corner, it's just beautiful. Like, it just looks amazing. It's very scenic. We sometimes use this word to describe, you know, when you look at a city, if you go up a mountain at night, and look at a city, you might have a very scenic view. Um or if you live in an apartment building and you can see nature, maybe you live close to the edge of the city, you could say that you have a scenic view. So, scenic is similar to picturesque. Um very similar. Like just a a place that's beautiful to look at. Very scenic. Unspoiled would be any place that has not been touched by human beings. So, there are many places in Canada that are unspoiled. I'm sure there are many places in countries like Russia that are unspoiled. If you go out into the wilderness, you can find places where humans have not built any houses. There are no roads. It is completely unspoiled. Noisy. So, this is a pretty simple one. I'm sure most of you know this. Uh if you decide to go somewhere it can be very noisy. It's not nice when Jen and I stayed at a hotel once and the hotel was very noisy um but you can also have noisy streets. Um you can have a lot of honking, a lot of yelling, a lot of people talking and then clean. So, some cities are very clean. I believe this is in Singapore. I believe um this might be one of the cleanest places in the world. Um I think it's one of the places that has many laws to keep cities clean, to keep city streets clean. Um but some places just aren't clean. Um you would then describe them as dirty or dingy. I guess dirty would be the best. Yeah, we went on a trip but it was just really, the city was really dirty. Like there was a lot of pollution and trash and garbage and those kinds of things. But you can describe a place as being very, very clean. Um awe-inspiring. So, generally when I think about awe-inspiring, I think of things like Niagara Falls would be awe inspiring. It's also breathtaking. So, anything that makes you just stop and look at something and feel amazed or to be in awe is the other way of saying it. So, in the United States, there are many places that are just awe inspiring. I actually don't think this is in the US though. I think this is in the country of Jordan but there are many places in the world where 
the mountains or cliffs or rock formations or canyons or fjords. There are many things that are awe-inspiring where you look at it and you just are amazed that it exists in the world and that it wasn't made by people. That can be very awe-inspiring as well. And then I use the word breathtaking. Um I'm sure there are many places in the world you would like to visit because you've seen photos and it just looks amazing. It it's just looks breathtaking. The mountains um the Rocky Mountains are breathtaking. I have only seen them from one side. I would love to see them in the United States and in Canada but some of the um mountain peaks are breathtaking. When you look at them it it doesn't actually take your breath away but it kind of takes your breath away because it's so so beautiful to see. And there are places that are famous. I think Las Vegas is maybe one of the most famous places in the world. So, if you ask someone where would you like to go on a trip? Someone could say, oh, I'd like to go to a few famous places. I'd like to go to Hollywood. I'd like to go to Las Vegas. I'd like to go to Times Square in New York City. Those are all famous places uh in the United States. A lot of the famous places are in the US but I think that's because of their television and film industry. We get to see little glimpses of these famous places. Quaint. So, a place can be quaint as well. So, I would say quaint is very similar to charming. When a place is quaint, it has a little bit of an older feel to it. Um it's very cute. It's very um yeah, like when I th- I always think of like older cities like Quebec City where the streets are a little narrower. There's lots of places to sit and there's really old cute buildings. I would say that it is quaint. Often when I'm watching um a TV show from Britain, sometimes they'll go to quaint little villages in Britain where the houses are older and the streets are older and there's a lot of cobblestone roads and brick and it's just very quaint. So, memorable. So, we talked about this one earlier. Um when you go somewhere and it's just a place where you have really good memories where you saw things and you had a good time, you would describe it as memorable. If you visit places in the world like if you went to Egypt, it's probably very memorable. If you visited um let's see here. If you visited some cool city like Singapore, it's probably very memorable. Um if you visited Canada, I'm sure it would be very very memorable. So, when a place is memorable, it means that you enjoyed it and you really liked it and it was just easy to remember those feelings and that experience. Um and then thriving. So, I used this word in a lesson when I talked about a tree on my farm on my other channel a few days ago. I said the tree wasn't thriving. When something thrives, it means it's healthy and growing and doing well. So, many of the trees on our property are thriving but one tree isn't thriving. So, I have to kind of chop it down. I will plant another one. I will plant another one or two. But when you describe a place as thriving, you could say, oh, there's um if you go to the city, it's a thriving city. Toronto is a thriving city. There are new people moving to Toronto all the time. There are people who immigrate to Canada and live in Toronto. It's a bustling, growing, thriving city. It's very healthy. It's everything's getting built nicely. It's definitely a thriving cities city. And then modern. I think this might be Shanghai. I'm not sure. 
I have, I should have made better notes about where the pictures were from. So, correct me if I'm wrong but there are some very modern cities in the world. Some countries are thriving and they are developing large cities very quickly. Very modern cities. That means that the city is less than 20 or 30 years old. Well, it's older than that but it's expanded rapidly recently and it's very, very modern. It has modern roads, modern public transit like subways and uh good train service and just really cool new buildings in its downtown core. A very modern place to live. And then trendy. So, when a place is trendy, it means it's hip or cool or um a place where a lot of people want to go. I didn't purposely put Toronto here but when I did a search for the top 10 trendiest cities in the world. Toronto I think was number five on the one list. Um so, trendy is just it just means cool. If your clothes are my clothes are not trendy. (laughs) When your clothes are trendy, it means that you're following some of the latest fashion and you have newer clothes. Um my watch is not trendy but you can also use trendy to talk about a city. So, a city that is trendy has you know cool restaurants and if you wanted to see uh live bands if you wanted to hear live music there's cool places to go and to hear the most recent bands that are uh, popular in the world um so toronto according to the list i read the fifth most trendiest city in the world which i thought was pretty cool hey let me take a minute to uh answer a few questions and we will wrap this lesson up so Again, that is the end of the lesson portion of this. I'll jump over to the questions in a sec. Remember, if you want to re-listen to this lesson in a shorter format, it will be out in a couple of days with the user or the viewer questions removed. Um but let's get over to the questions and let's finish those off. Let me see how many I have. I think I can do it. I got about five minutes left. Um SL Lanka says, hi, Sir Bob. I hope you are doing well. Thanks for your lesson. Question. Which place do you like the most in your garden? For me, the atmosphere around the river is the best. I like the river. We actually have an area where I can go down to the edge of the river easily. I should make a video there uh soon because it's it's just very peaceful. Although on the weekends, there's a lot of jet skis that go by now. That's not as peaceful. Uh, I'm gonna skip the next question because it's not about the lesson. I'm only gonna answer questions about the lesson. Oscar says, hi, teacher Bob. I'm happy to listen to you in a live session. I want to ask, what city do you consider is better to live in in Canada? I think most Canadian cities are very cool places to live. I don't think Canada is the best country in the world and I don't think our cities are the best cities in the world um but I think we have fairly nice cities. The thing you have to think about when you move to Canada is the weather. If you like cold, then Calgary and Edmonton and Montreal and Quebec City are beautiful places to live. If you like freezing cold, then Winnipeg is a great place to live. If you like things a little more moderate, then Toronto or in particular Vancouver is a good place to live if you like things a little cooler um or warmer, sorry. Vancouver is our warmest city by the way in British Columbia. Uh Nazar says, hello, Bob. How would you describe the universe as a place? Vast. That would be the best word for it. We use the word vast I think to describe the Grand Canyon but if I was to describe the universe, I would say it's vast which simply means like just enormously huge, humongous. Um 
Tarziso says, what would be the adjective to describe a place that gives you the creeps? Like a forest full of dangerous animals. How would I describe that? Terrifying. That's what I would say. Uh terrifying or scary. Um I would just I and I know that sounds like simple ways to describe it but that's probably how we would describe it. You know, I went um I went on an adventure in the forest and it was a scary place. It was a terrifying place. Um Naomi says, hi teacher Bob. Can we use stunning and breathtaking interchangeably? Thank you so much. Yes. So, I went to Niagara Falls and it was stunning. I went to Niagara Falls and it was breathtaking. So, slightly different emotions. Breathtaking is a sense of awe. Stunning is a sense of um like you you were taken aback but definitely you're expressing the same thing that you um you really liked what you were seeing in the sense that you you didn't you didn't know what even to say. You just wanted to quietly look at it and be in awe. Um I'm gonna skip the next one because it's not about a place. Lena says, hi Bob. What's the difference between a crowded place and a bustling one? Thank you for this awesome lesson. So, bustling can have a positive tone to it. Like it like the hustle and bustle of the city. It was a bustling the market was bustling today. That means there were a lot of customers there. Whereas crowded mostly feels a little bit negative. Like, oh, it was really crowded. I didn't it was really crowded on the bus. Um so, I think it's just a slight difference in the feeling that bustling to me has a positive feeling to it and crowded has a negative feeling to it but they certainly both mean that there's a lot of people. Like if I said to Jen, Jen went to the farmer's market yesterday. If I said how was the market and if she said oh, it was really crowded. That means I feel like there were too many people and people were bumping into each other but if she says oh, it was really bustling. That has more of a positive feeling to it. Uh let me see here. Um Giovanni says, hello, Mr. Bob. Once I, oh, sorry, just one sec here. Okay, we're good. Hello, Mr. Bob. Once I had heard there are bears through on the streets in Canada. Is that true? It's commonly seen wild and, oh, do you commonly see wild animals in urban places? Well, you will see Canadian geese. You will see maybe the odd raccoon once in a while, although they're usually out at night. You will not normally see bears in Canadian cities, but if you go really far north, you might. Or if you go to western Canada but generally not in the cities. Every once in a while, there is a news story that there is a bear in a city. Maybe once every two years. I think there was just a story the other day about a bear in a city but it's very uncommon to see bears in the city. I've never seen a bear in the city. I've only seen a bear when I was in northern Ontario camping with my friends. Um Juliana, what so I'm gonna a little correction here. What tourist attractions have impressed you so far? I've always been impressed by Niagara Falls. Even though it's in my own it's in my backyard. Like it's not really in my backyard. That's just an expression but it's like 40 minute drive to see Niagara. I've always been impressed by that. I was impressed by the Sears Tower in Chicago. That was really really cool. I was impressed by uh, I visited um I'm not sure if it was called Navy Pier in San Diego where they had I went on an aircraft carrier. They have one park there that you can visit. Um 
I was impressed by Kruger Park in South Africa. That was very, very cool. And I'm sure I will be very impressed by the Eiffel Tower when I get to visit someday. A l'Arc de Triomphe et l'autre chose à Paris. Uh, Andrew Chen, how can you describe your own home? Well, you could describe it as small or large, cozy, homey. You could say we have a very traditional house or you could say we have a very modern house. When you describe a house, you can use a lot of the same words. Um, many houses in Canada right now, the style is very modern inside. So, less wood, more metal and black and white surf- and silver surfaces. A um, little bit of a different in the style. Difference in the style that's happening. Um, let me see here. Mrs. Wynn has the last one. Last question is, can you describe the place which is worth visiting in Canada? So, that's hard for me to say. I have not visited all of Canada but I would say this. You can visit Canada many times and still miss some really cool things. So, if you visit Canada, you should visit Toronto. You should visit Ottawa, our capital city. You should visit the east coast and see the Bay of Fundy. You should probably visit the west coast and see Vancouver and Victoria Island. You should probably visit the middle of the country and go to Alberta and see Calgary or Banff Provincial Park which is amazing. I haven't been there. I've only seen pictures but there are so many places to visit in Canada that you should make more than one trip. In fact, you should visit. Did I say Niagara Falls? You should see Niagara Falls as well. The government of Canada, I thought should pay me to make videos where I teach people English and then they send me to different parts of Canada. Maybe they'll do that someday. We'll see. Who knows? We'll uh we'll find out. Anyways, you can visit you should visit Canada in the winter and you should visit places like Quebec City and Ottawa but you should also visit in the summer and visit places like Banff uh and Toronto. So, it's hard to say. It really, really is. Anyways, I went over by about five minutes. Sorry about that but thank you so much for watching this English lesson where I taught you a few words to describe places and I know the vocabulary for a lot of you this is review and the vocabulary words themselves aren't that difficult or new. Sometimes it seems like a simple lesson but the value of this lesson is in the phrases I use. It's in the listening that you do and then certainly if you had trouble understanding, there will be a shorter version of this video out with subtitles uh, in a day or two. Uh, Watch that. Watch little parts of it over again just to uh, get a sense of what's going on. Hey, I do wanna jump over and read the chat a bit. I wanna say hi to Tony. Actually, I should start saying bye instead of hi. So, bye to Tony, bye Key Park, Natalia, Belgrade, Mode Eggs, Abraham Wren, uh, Yanis is here, Maria C, Sita Bittencourt, Lolly Lolly, Gertrudis, I know Judith is here as well. Thanks, Dave, for moderating. Not sure if Todd did manage to jump in and out a bit. I wasn't really keeping an eye on that. Bye to Norma and Maria C. Uh, big shout out again to American English with this guy and Rod, the Brazilian English teacher. Two fellow YouTubers who teach English as well. Good to see you guys again in the chat. Let me scroll back here and say bye to Mode Eggs. Let me say bye to Wallison and Mary and Huo and Mohammed. And Junto and Leonardo, there's so many names here. Wow, that's a lot of people. There's 525 people watching. That always shocks me. Bye, Sam the Taiwanese. Bye, Eugene from Etobicoke. Good to have you here. Ricardo Gonzaga, bye to you as well. Um, I'm gonna end this, everybody. So, thank you so much for watching. Um, and remember, there's no 
live stream tomorrow. Okay, tomorrow's my day off for the month. I do three live streams in a row on Saturdays and then I take a weekend off but I will be playing GeoGuessr on Sunday night on my other channel. So, if you're not sure what that is, um go to Bob's Short English Lessons on YouTube and subscribe and you'll get a notification when I start that lesson. Have a great day everyone. I'm gonna get to work now. I know some of you are done work but bye everybody and I'll see you um Sunday night maybe or if not, I'll see you next Friday on the next live lesson. Bye. Hi, Bob the Canadian here. Thank you for listening to this English podcast lesson. If you would like to support me in the work that I do as an online English teacher, please visit patreon.com slash bobthecanadian.